But then, you know, that's what I have to do. I always say that consistency breeds success in anything, but especially in, especially in bodybuilding, powerlifting, you have to be consistent and, you know, get to the point where things become a habit because once they become a habit, then you find it easier to do and you fall into good, you fall into good habits that way. You're not liable to take your nutrition for granted, your training for granted, because it's something that's ingrained in you to do every day, all day. Consistency breeds success. That's what I always say. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Masters Bodybuilder Kevin Malone. Kevin found competitive bodybuilding a bit later in life, and his journey is a really, really good example of how success in strength sports and bodybuilding, well, it takes time, dedication, and perseverance when life gets in the way. Kevin is also one of the strongest bodybuilders I've ever talked to, pulling north of 700 pounds on the deadlift, so he talks a lot about how strength training and compound movements impact his actual physique training. I think that even if you're not a huge fan of bodybuilding, you can get a lot from this podcast, no matter your strength discipline of choice. Stick around, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. For people who might not be familiar with you, give us a little uh, background on on your athletic career and your strength career, if you don't mind. Well, as far as athletics, I, I played athletics in high school. Uh, my First couple of years of high school, I actually played baseball. And then my last couple of years of high school, I played basketball. Nothing athletic after high school. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't play collegiately or anything. But always, always been involved in athletics as far as even after, after high school. I, yeah, I played a lot of basketball or just, just around. And I loved playing basketball. And then for years, I played a lot of slow pitch softball. I played that for about 15 years, actually. And then once I kind of went over to bodybuilding and uh, started bodybuilding seriously i the two didn't really mesh for me so it's been uh for the last 30 years it's been uh for me bodybuilding how how did you get bitten by the bodybuilding bug like what was it you know some people have that moment some people have that that picture they saw of a bodybuilder or they saw that one person mm-hmm. in the gym like what what got you to say hey i i really want to focus in on this i was was interested you know i Love what, you know, looking at the magazines growing up and, you know, you know, just like any other kid, you read the comics, you see the Incredible Hulk and the, all the others with the muscles and stuff. And growing up, I was always fascinated by characters and people who were visions of strength, you know, characters of strength. So, like I said, once I, I was playing softball and a lot of people were coming to me, they thought I worked out already. You know, they say, wow, do you train? I said, no, not really. You just kind of naturally were a, were a more muscular person. At, the, at that time, I was about 185, 190, so I wasn't a big guy, but I, I, so I was naturally muscular, you know, lean muscle. Uh, around 1992, I said, you know what, I'm going to just start going to the gym. So I, I, went to a, I started going to a local gym here in the Cleveland, Ohio area. I didn't get a membership. I, I started off by paying the daily fee for about a month, <laughs> which, which at that time was $7. So. My girlfriend at the time, after about a month and a half of doing that, she said, why, would you, why are you paying $7 to go four or five times a week? Just get you a membership. Finally, in May of 92, I got my first membership at that gym, and I've been training faithfully ever since. 
Well, what were the first few years like for you? Not, not necessarily having a lifting background. Everyone kind of has to cut their teeth learning about something and people might go to the magazines or they might try a program they see their favorite bodybuilder doing. Mm-hmm. What were the first few years like as far as your training? First few years, you know, once you, you know how it is, once you first start, start training, you start to see results immediately, you know, some, some results. And I would watch people that I saw that had good physiques in the, in the gym kind of pick up what, what they were doing. I would learn. I would just watch. Sometimes I would ask questions. I'm not the most talkative guy to people I don't know. So I'm not the, I'm not the guy that's going to go up to people, but I, I observe pretty well. So, and, and obviously reading the magazines, I found early on that sometimes reading all the muscle mags back in the day, they kind of get confusing because you would ask five different bodybuilders the same question. Sometimes you get five different answers. So I like to do a lot of trial and error. And that's what I you know, I continue to do that to this day to, to learn and get better. So in those, those first few years, you know, was, was pretty good. You know, I, for probably about the first six months I did, we had a lot of Nautilus equipment at the gym. I was at the time and the, the pretty good equipment, but I didn't do much free weights, but I did a lot of machines. So then I realized, you know, I have to start getting more into compound movements and free weight movements. So I started drifting to doing, you know, squats, you know, bench presses, barbell and dumbbell presses, curls, and, and, uh, and the like, and, and eventually deadlifting. Well, when did you kind of start sculpting the physique? When did you get to the point where you were like, I've kind of taken to this, right? Like I have a physique that, you know, maybe I could, I could do something with, so to speak. After about a year, oh, I wow. realized, you know, after seeing results and so forth for the first year, I knew this is what I wanted to do. That would take me to about 1993. And, you know, so I was enjoying, I was enjoying the process and lift and, you know, working out. And one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't start competing right away then as far as bodybuilding. Actually, I didn't do my first bodybuilding show until I was 40 years old. So leading up to that, I love to train, train diligently all the time. And everyone, I was told countless times, oh, you should be on stage. You should be on stage. And I kind of like, ah, one day, you know, I didn't just join, enjoy training, you know. So if, if I have to say one thing, I would say to everyone out there that, you know, if you have the urge to compete, especially the younger guys, go for it. Don't wait. Just, just, just do it. You know, it's, it's best to go ahead and do it and don't procrastinate. But those early years, I knew that, you know, I enjoyed training and I was getting, getting good results from it. And, you know, I just wanted to learn more and continue. I knew that I had to be consistent at training, that the only way I'd get better would be consistent. You know, I didn't miss any days, was always trying to better my nutrition. At the same time, trying to get build a better physique and strong and stronger at at the same time. Well, what finally put you over the edge as far as competing? Well, I went to my first bodybuilding show. I had been going to the Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio, for several years before that, but never went to an actual show, just at Expo. So we have a local show here in the Cleveland, Ohio area. It's actually a drug tested nat- natural show run by uh, Dave Lieberman. He has it two times a year. So in October of 2007, my wife at the time and I decided, yeah, let's go check out a bodybuilding show. And maybe it's just something you like to do. Go watch one first. Because that's you several people said, go watch one first. See, so as soon as I walked in there in the small expo area, uh, Dave, the promoter himself, came up. Uh, actually, he had a small booth run by a lady and she thought I competed already. And she said, oh, you're natural? And I'm like, yeah, she run Dave. So she brought Dave over and he said, are you natural? Oh my God, we got to get you on stage. And so that was the October show. He has shows in the spring and the fall. So 
he ended up training me for the spring of 2008 show. You know, he said, I'll train you. You do great. You know, and this, you know, it's a good show, especially for your first show. So, you know, I started training with him out pretty well. I ended up winning overall masters and I won the open light heavyweight class that year. What was your stage weight uh, at that, at that first competition? I weighed in at 196 and a half. I was just going to, I was just going to say, do you have any, any idea what your body fat percentage was at the time, roughly? Uh, no, I, I've never had my body fat percentage measured. Uh, probably uh, maybe six to 8%. You know, I, I body fat percentage, I, I've never had it measured. So I was, I was fairly lean. I didn't, I started my diet 230 pounds that year. And I thought for sure that I, you know, in NPC heavyweight class starts at over 198 and a half. So I said, oh, I'm going to be a heavyweight. And when I, I got on the scale, he said, 196 and a half. I just looked at the guy. I knew the guy who was measuring me. He was one of the judges. And it was like the life got sucked out of me. I'm like, 196 and a half. But then he, he pointed out that, you, well, you know, that puts you at the top of the class weight-wise. So that's where you want to be. So I, looking at it that way, obviously, he was correct. And I ended up doing well in the show. So that was it all worked out in the end. <laughs> well, let's talk about your competition history after that. So you, you found competition a little bit. A little bit later, so you had a great training base under your belt. Mm-hmm. Did that initial win where you just like, oh, I got to keep doing this? I did. I did want to continue. Fortunately, I, I ran into some uh, life episodes that kind of slowed my, not, not as far as training, but as far as wanting to compete because, you know, it, it takes a lot going into, yeah. into competition and uh, you have to make, you have to, I feel you have to, everything you have to be focused on. You have to be able to focus 100% on that and you have to have the right resources. So that was 2008. Right after I, that show, it was like, I remember getting, being so nervous getting on stage. But after I get off the first class I got on, as soon as I get off the stage, and I tell everyone this, I said, I wanted to run right back on there. It's like, you know, you, you're, very, you're very much addicted to the, become very addicted. And, and I, it doesn't help when you do well, but, you know, just getting up there and, and the whole experience was, uh, was pretty fun. So that, after that show, I, that was April of 2008. I did not compete again until November 2013. That was in uh, the West Virginia, West Virginia, the uh, Mid-Atlantic Grand Prix. And uh, I did the open heavyweight that year. I came in fourth and I won the overall masters again that year. So I had the same coach, Dave Lieberman. He coached me for that show. So, you know, he said, you know, we're You'll be ready uh, to do masters. He said, you, you're in good shape to do masters national the following year. In 2014, my next show was masters national. Then uh, I ended up working with another coach. His name is Brian Hoydick, also out of Cleveland area. And uh, I did uh, masters national in 2014. That was my first national show. I got, I took seventh, which I was kind of disappointed. You know, obviously I didn't get first, but you know, I, you know, I, I thought, I thought I did well, you know, it was seventh. I believe there were 23 guys in that class. No, 19, 19 guys. And that was uh, over 40 heavyweight. That was my third show. And then in 2015, I did the masters again, but I didn't do, I didn't do as well. I didn't place that year, but you know, that's going to happen, you know? So, you know, I just go back to the drawing board. So after Masters National 2015, I did not compete again until 2018. And those my last two shows, bodybuilding shows, I did uh, North Coast Championships in Kent, Ohio. And I, I took third. Yeah, third in the open heavyweight. And I won the over 40 and the over 50 classes. Following that, I went to North Americans in Pittsburgh. And I 
took fifth in the fifth men's 50 and over heavyweight. That was my first top five in a national show. And to date, that is my contest history <laughs> right as of right now. I appreciate the rundown. I mean, what are, do you have any contests kind of on the near horizon that you're looking at? Uh, actually, nothing on the near horizon as far as 2022. I am hoping that 2023 will bring me back on stage. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at that. You know, I'll be uh, next year at this time, I'll be 55. And I think that'll be a good age to get back on the stage one, one last time. You know, I, I think in order to achieve more success, especially in bodybuilding, you have to consistently compete. I know a lot of guys and girls who competed and won their pro cards. And the key is that they compete constantly, maybe three, five times in a calendar year. And they do it over maybe a two or three year stretch, you know, get to know your body, get the judges to know you. It takes a lot. You know, you just can't. I'm certainly not nobody who can just show up at a bodybuilding contest after three years or away and think I can just win my pro card. So it, it's a process. And, you know, I, I wish I'd been able to be more consistent as far as competition competition wise i believe i would have turned pro already next year at 55 will be a good time to uh get back on stage you know i've been training hard these last well four years now almost four years since i last competed and uh so i believe that added muscle maturity (laughs) on top of what i already have will do nothing but help well let's talk a little bit about your training you first came onto my radar by just putting up some Really massive lifts, frankly, that, that kind of that kind of went viral, pulling a lot of weight for, for more for more reps than than people might have expected. So talk about I mean, you've obviously been training for a while, but talk about mm-hmm. you know your style of training, your big your focus on compound movements. You're very strong. You might be one of the strongest bodybuilders out there right now. That's always debatable, right? That's like uh, you know, that's that, that's well, always- yeah. I'll take I'll take one of the strongest over fifty bodybuilders. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about some of your, you know, the kind of weights. Not that you're necessarily going in and maxing out in, in the powerlifting disciplines, you know, every every mm-hmm. month or so. But you know, what kind of what kind of weight, say in the off season, maybe when you're not cutting down, you're at your heaviest body weight. What kind of weight are you moving around on some of your primary lifts? Well, and uh, for deadlifts, I. My max on the deadlift is 760. I hit that almost a year ago to this day, actually, 760. Generally, like when I'm training, like last sat, like my last deadlift session, I pulled 710 this past Saturday. I deadlift on Saturday. So my, you know, I'll, I'll vary. I won't go over 700 every week. I've been actually throwing a lot of deficit deadlifts into the mix to help me get stronger. So, uh, you know, those, I don't go quite as heavy, but typically like on a, on a typical day, maybe I'll, I'll stay in the, rep range three to five i'll still go like 650 675 then if i want to you know feeling strong i'll go 700 seven and a quarter something like that for one or you know one or two reps as as far as deadlifts and squats my squats my squats aren't the way it used to be the way i'd like it to be but i you know i still go still train with you know i'll go over 500 505 525 i, I train a lot by myself so you know i need to uh sometimes uh it doesn't really matter with deadlifts, but I, I'm the kind of guy I kind of like to at least have somebody with me there. Yeah. This past week I was squatting and I only had like 455 on the bar, but for some reason the bar almost slipped down my back. You know, I didn't have nobody behind me and, you know, so I had to rack it up and, you know, it just frustrates you sometimes when you can't, I do a lot better with training heavy, especially at squats when there's at least somebody, somebody there with me, you know, so something I'm working on might have to try another gym or something, but you know, where there's more people there who are capable of, you know, 
training with me or at least helping me out. But my, my training has always been, the foundation of my training has always been free weight movements, uh, barbell, dumbbell presses for shoulders and chest, barbell, dumbbell curls, preacher curls for biceps, close grips, skull crushers, dips for triceps, you know, pull-ups, rows, barbell, dumbbell rows, and of course, deadlifts for my back and so forth. And that, those are, that's always been the foundation of my training. I post a lot of heavy lifts where maybe I might hit, you know, some heavy singles, the deadlifts or squats sometimes, but the majority of my training is bodybuilding. And as far as rep ranges, eight, 10, 12, but you know, on the compound movements like squats or deadlifts, I will go as low as, you know, a heavy single or a double, you know, just, you know, if I feel strong, then I go for it. You know, I, I can't, I can't waste those days when I feel strong. You can't waste them. You got to use them. Don't, don't waste the day you're feeling strong. Just go for it. <laughs> well, let's talk about, I'm, I'm curious, have you ever thought about, have you ever competed in powerlifting or thought about competing in powerlifting? No, I, I know, I know a lot of powerlifters. I, you know, I have a good buddy who I train with and we, we deadlift together occasionally and he's a, he's a competitive powerlifter does very well, but no, I don't, I never thought about powerlifting. I think bodybuilding is enough for me. You know, I, I, I love the powerlifting movements. I, I squat and I deadlift. I don't do much flat benching anymore. Hmm. I do a lot of incline barbell and decline barbell, but you know, I don't do a lot of flat benching anymore. So I've kind of, I kind of drifted away from that as I got older as a bodybuilder, but it's still a great exercise. Certainly not saying it's not, but for me, I don't flat bench with a barbell 10, 11 years since I have, but you know, I've never, never had the interest to powerlift, at least not, at least not right now, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy training the powerlifting movements like deadlifts because I believe they carry over and make make me a better bodybuilder as far as packing on muscle and strength. Well, I, I wonder if, if after your final appearance on, on the stage for bodybuilding, you might, maybe we can convince you to step on the powerlifting platform. That, that might be an option, you know, that might, you know, after I, after I, after I'm able to fulfill one dream, then perhaps I can, uh, perhaps I can go for another. I, I noticed there are several guys who, uh, who are in their late fifties, early sixties, who are really strong and competing and, powerlifting. So, you know, nothing's, nothing's out of the question. I never, never say anything's out of the question. You know, it's always as long as the good Lord keeps me healthy enough, I'm going to lift and lift as heavy as I can for as long as I can. That is, that is the, the best diplomatic answer I've ever heard <laughs> to, to goading anyone. Cause I'm always telling people, Oh, try this, try this. And you just gave the best, you just gave the best most polite but non-committal answer you should be a politician <laughs> oh god <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> um, i wouldn't make a good one of those <laughs> I'm, I'm just ribbing you a little bit let's talk about let's talk about nutrition mm -hmm. you know i'm curious what, what what's your general off-season body weight these days currently i'm 245 right now generally for me you know i think that Possibly because I, I'm just maybe naturally lean. My body weight doesn't vary too much. I'm 245. Last year, you know, I, my body weight ranged from like 242 to 250. But, you know, right now, right now I'm 245. Generally, that's where my, my body weight stays roughly, which, which works pretty well with me. I, my heaviest body weight ever was 258 uh, about six years ago. So I've, I've never been someone who's two, who've been 280, 290 pounds, but I, you know, carry low, low, low body fat. So that's probably why I don't really gain a massive amounts of weight, you know, like that. But yeah, I'm 245 right now. Basically my diet, I eat five to six meals a day, uh, high protein, moderate to high carbs. I like to, I take carbs in with every meal. 
My protein sources generally are chicken and beef. My carb sources are mainly, I eat a lot of rice because it's very easy and uh, oatmeal, some pasta, but uh, rice, I eat, I eat rice three, four times a day. So that's, I have, that's a pretty, I, I follow a pretty simple bodybuilder diet. I'm, I'm plain and simple. That's what my wife says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty plain. And I, you eat the same thing every day, you know, and I, but they, you know, that's what I have to do. I always say that consistency breeds success in anything, but especially in, especially in bodybuilding, powerlifting, you have to be consistent and, you know, get to the point where things become a habit because once they become a habit, then you find it easier to do. And you fall into good, you fall into good habits that way. You're not liable to take your nutrition for granted, your training for granted, because it's something that's ingrained in you to do every day, all day. Consistency breeds success. That's what I always say. <laughs> well, I, I do have to ask, even though your diet is, is relatively consistent, what are favorite cheat meals? Say, for example, after the next competition you have, whenever that is, maybe 2023, mm -hmm. you've had your prep, you've leaned out, you come off the stage, say you win. The celebratory meal, what is your go, what's your, what's your go-to going to be? I always like to go to like to get a steak, maybe from Outback, like a big porterhouse steak from Outback or uh, Longhorn or whatever. Yeah, I have <laughs> the way I eat. I'm not much of a, even even growing up. I not that I don't eat junk, but you know, like I I'm not opposed to a burger. I like to go in and get triple four patty burgers or what have you from somewhere. But uh, as far as cheat meal, I mean, I like pizza. But I don't know. I wouldn't. That probably wouldn't be a go-to meal after my. I do like chocolate chip cookies, though. I can eat those a lot. That, that's, one, that's, that's one thing that after my last show that I did in 2018, my mother-in-law had made or she had bought some cookies and I ate about 40 of them. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, all those cookies are gone. So I do like, I'm not much, I'm not a big sweet person, but I do like chocolate chip cookies. So that would be, that would, that would probably be a lot of, a lot of the cheap meals. If you can call that a meal, that's, that's a snack. <laughs> well, I just want to know for f folks, you know, that you're listening, you can't see this. Kevin's face, as soon as he said chocolate chip cookies, completely changed. <laughs> Everything, right. it, was, it was smiles and it was positive. And you said chocolate chip cookies and you looked more serious than any part of this podcast. <laughs> so I know you're someone who takes your cookies seriously. Oh, yes, for sure. My wife is kind enough to make them for me. And I, I have to, I tell her, you have to make them just right. They have to be really soft or whatever. They can't be like hockey pucks where they're real hard and you can just sling them around i like the ones you put and you just take them out and they're nice and gooey so <laughs> are you a milk a milk chocolate chip guy or a dark chocolate chip guy uh milk milk chocolate chip yeah mm -hmm. so like a standard traditional chocolate chip cookie yeah yeah standard traditional chocolate chip cookie again i'm i'm pretty i'm i'm <laughs> i'm pretty plain so <laughs> you know that's uh that that that's very evident when it comes to my diet because i don't you know i like I said, I eat a lot of the same thing, a lot of, a lot of plain stuff. You know, I, I'm not very, I've, I've never been one who had the wide variety in my diet, but I eat what I, what I, what works good for me. So in the end, that, that's what matters. <laughs> Consistency breeds success. Well, where's the best place for people to follow along with you, your training, the next time you step on the competition stage, all that good stuff. Well, I am on Instagram, uh, Big Kev 700. Can also be, I'm also on Facebook, Kevin Malone. They can follow me along there. I post a lot, a lot of my bodybuilding stuff on my Instagram page, you know, a lot of, a lot of my pics and uh, videos and uh, they can follow along. I'm hoping this year, this year I set a goal. I would like to pull 800 pounds. So I'm working towards getting that. Like I told you, my, 
my max was 760 from which happened just about a year ago. I kind of got slowed down. I had a I had an injury. I tore a hamstring about a couple months after that. It was first my first major injury that I ever had in almost at that time, 29 years of training, but I was fortunate enough where I didn't need surgery and I recovered relatively quickly. So, you know, I've been kind of over the last seven, eight months, I haven't really pushed the deadlifting. My, the 710 I pulled last Saturday was the most I did since I pulled 760 a year ago. So I'm trying to, I'm ready to work my way back up. And I, that's kind of like a personal goal I'm shooting for is the, an 800 pound deadlift. So if that's, uh, Something I plan on achieving soon this year. We have to change your Instagram handle to Big Kev Eight Hundred at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was told. I said, "Yeah, well, when when I get to uh, eight hundred, I'll do that because that's why I when I first joined Instagram, I was just knew I was originally going to be Big Kev, but that was taken. So they told me I had to throw in a number. This was like, and I had just recently pulled seven hundred for the first time when I joined Instagram about about nine years ago. So. I said, well, I'll put 700 on there. So that's why it's Big Kev 700. So yeah, if I, if I get to 800, then it'll be Big Kev 800. So <laughs> you'll know when I did it, when you see me in a different handle. <laughs> Kevin, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for chatting today. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me.